Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast, hosted by Joshua Shaw and Ryan Buckeye. What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast. Josh Shaw, who, before we came on this recording, mentioned to me that Forbes is going to validate that he's one of the richest 400 people in the world. So I'm really excited for you, Josh. Um, I think you've worked really hard to get there, and um, it's amazing. It's, I mean... At, 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 I would think, though, with the amount of money that you have in your checking account, that you could replace that fake fucking grass behind you with a real wall of real grass, of real hemp at this point. Yeah, you know, it's it's tough to do that. I haven't really gotten all of my new, like, gardeners and everybody, <laughs> like, hired yet. This has all been a really good windfall for me lately, all this, you know, new publicity and, and everybody wanting to uh, get my inputs on things. You know, it's, it's creating a lot of wealth for me. And I think that the next thing I need to spend on is definitely a free or big, big kind of like wall of, of plants that live and breathe. Real plants. And, you know, yeah. I, I think it's it'll be good for the oxygen as well in this in this little office that I have. So it'll be good for good for everything. I mean, I think that anybody that watches my YouTube channel will appreciate, you know, mm-hmm. some different uh, plants behind me uh, because it's taken on a life of its own. If if nobody has any idea what the hell we're even talking about, uh, follow some of us on on social media Look on our plug. Instagram. Look and at that stuff. plug! It, you know this whole like grass wall thing is kind of taken on a life of its own. It is. It's gonna have its own Instagram handle pretty soon. But if those of you are already planning for Christmas holiday 2020 Black Friday sale, will be the official Josh Shaw blow up dolls featuring the backward snapback hat. It'll be over at youporn.com. Uh, I wouldn't. <laughs> Maybe have something to do with that. I'm hoping to make a ton of money off that so I can join that list, Josh. But uh, 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 speaking of sales, did it again. Did it again. The Olympia, one of the most prestigious brands in bodybuilding and fitness, sports nutrition, whatever you want to say, uh, has officially been sold by AMI to uh, a new owner who ends up being the third owner in the history of this prestigious event. He is acquiring not only the rights to the Olympia but the rights to muscle and fitness, which includes the Flex Portfolio. And Muscle and Fitness Her magazine, kind of a big deal in our space. Um, and it's a big deal. And for those of you out there listening, like, why is this a big deal? Well, it's kind of changing of the guard, maybe. Um, and, and, I, and I know we have done a podcast before, Josh, on here, but what does the Olympia need to do uh, in, in terms of bringing in more people to the show, bringing more people to the, to the convention center, bringing more brands back to the convention center? And I think... Just from the noise that we've heard online, I, I feel like most people agree with this move and think it's a good thing. Yeah, it's an interesting move because I think that it's I, – I don't know the the, the new owner uh, personally. I don't know uh, much about him. Um, I know, you know what he champions. I know mm-hmm. what he's kind of big about, and I think that – for fans of bodybuilding and fans of, of the Olympia f- from kind of the heritage and the, and the pedigree of, of the Olympia and bodybuilding and, and all that, I think he's probably a very good owner, a very good shepherd of that brand. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a little bit counter, I think, to at least my public comments. Um, and, and obviously I can say these things because people could read them online and they right. can see everything that I put on that out there. Um, but I've been pretty um, kind of vocal in the sense of like what my vision is for the Olympia. And it's probably pretty similar to what has uh, kind of come out very recently uh, with the Athleticon, which, um, you know, over these last a few years of of myself kind of putting out content around the Olympia, I've been um, kind of straightforward in terms of where I think it should go. And 
you know, it just so happens that, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson comes out and and uh, copies everything that I do. So if anybody thinks that yeah. uh, The Rock actually has any uh, of his own thoughts, he doesn't. He steals them from me. So, yeah. uh, you know, and, and if you guys are wondering how I got on the Forbes list, there it is right there, because he had to pay me off on a nice settlement check for all the ideas he stole over the last couple of years. So, um, you know, it's. It's it's unfortunate that that Ryan uh, you know loves The Rock and loves everything about him because quite honestly it's it's like he loves me and all my ideas so it it's a weird twist of turns if you could see his face right now he's probably um, you know he's questioning everything about himself so kind uh, <laughs> <trying> of see <laughs> it's I mean it's an interesting like I said like. In this, first off, I mean, anytime there's an acquisition or a sale of something, ultimately people are going to lose their jobs. So, like, first and foremost, like, for those who are going to end up losing their job or already have lose their job, like, we get it. It sucks. Um, it's not a good thing. Um, there are a lot of people within the space that uh, I'm, Josh, you probably know some, maybe, maybe not. Um, but I know friends of ours have friends that worked in that, in that realm of things. So, um, I think if anything, you know, Jake Wood has, has been a, I guess, a pioneer. And he's a big fan of bodybuilding, first and foremost. Obviously, has deep pockets. Um, he owns a company called Wings of Strength. Um, and he also is an advocate for female bodybuilding, which is kind of a cool thing. So a lot, of, a lot of things that he brings to the portfolio that have been undersold in terms of the Olympia. And you know, from the bodybuilding standpoint, the winner of the Open gets $400,000. The winner of, of, I think, like Bikini, it's something like, $40,000 or something like that. I mean, it's something, I mean, there's a, there's a huge discrepancy there. We can save that conversation for another podcast in terms of like discrepancies in payout, because I know that's a, that's a very interesting hot topic amongst those within bodybuilding. But I think the overall weekend is really what we need to focus on. And, and with Athleticon literally being a month after the Olympia, you know, it leaves a lot of us wondering like, okay, what does this do? First off, the, the, what, what, what it doesn't do. And I think this is important for people to know is it, it doesn't change the guy at the helm, essentially. Dan Solomon is still there. He, he was, he's been there since 2018. Um, I'm actually going to be speaking to Dan shortly on a lot of things Olympia, but Dan last year showed um, some of his cards in terms of trying to bring other people to at least the expo, and Mark Wahlberg was there. Um, I know that they had a booth that featured celebrities like WWE superstars and different things like that. Um, and the actual bodybuilding show itself, again, uh, from, from the stats, that part was, I mean standing room only or sold out. So, but I think from an attendance standpoint, Josh, you and I were both there. It wasn't fantastic. I mean, there, there used to be times where the Olympia had lines, like super long lines. And granted, there is still a line. It's just not what it used to be. But it's very apparent that when you get inside the convention center, that the, the number of brands that are there have, have disappeared. And um, case in point this year, like we, we mentioned Bang, which which has always been there and always has an EDM concert in the middle of that freaking convention center, was not there. So um, you've been very vocal in terms of like what you what you think the Olympia needs to do. And, and, and not to put words in your mouth, Josh, but I think you mentioned like seeking and looking at trade shows outside of our industry and taking ideas from those that are successful. And you mentioned CES is one of them. Yeah, I mean, I kind of see the Olympia... You know, it being um, the CES of, of fitness um, in the sense of like, if anybody, I used to live in Vegas and every year when the Consumer Electronics Show comes into Vegas, it takes over the city. It basically, every single convention hall, every single bar, restaurant, everything is basically transformed in a very similar way to now when I live in Austin, Texas, 
you have um, South by Southwest that comes in. It takes right. over the whole city. You have um, different brand activations at, at bars and restaurants. And, you know, there's tons of different things that are constantly going on. The whole city is immersed in this event. When the Olympia comes into town in Vegas, and this has something to do with also just the weekend in Vegas that it's on. It's it's yeah. always been kind of, at least lately, has been um, around uh, Mexican Independence Day, and it's like kind of a fight weekend. And, and it's good for just a ton of people there, but a lot of people that are there aren't necessarily there for fitness-related reasons. So um, if they could choose a quieter weekend, it would probably work a little bit better. But my idea with kind of the CES of, of fitness is that, you know, it should all encompass everything that has to do with with fitness, not just bodybuilding. The uh, Mr. Olympia show could be a cornerstone event at the Olympia weekend, but it should not be the focal point. Mm -hmm. um, just overall celebration of fitness, wellness, um, everything around health, like the technology around it, the athletic wear, the um, the different boutique fitness, um, you know, anything that has anything to do with um, the fitness and wellness space, the health space should be right. highlighted. And, you know, if somebody is, um, you know, just says, use an example, like if, if I'm into like soul cycle and I have nothing to do with wanting to uh, be on the bodybuilding stage, like I should still want to go to Vegas once a year and be around like-minded people mm -hmm. that um, are going to enrich my life through a bunch of different, um, you know, elements during that weekend. And I should be fully immersed in a health and fitness related um, lifestyle, regardless yeah. of what you want to do after hours and, you know, whatever, that's another kind of, uh, you know, situation with Vegas. But I think that <laughs> for my particular kind of thoughts are, is that it's not really um, inclusive. Um, it's basically very much targeted towards one specific type of fitness, which is a very niche side, which is a very underground side. And because of that, the exhibitors within the booth or within the expo hall is very much sports nutrition or people that are catering to this niche, hardcore underground lifestyle, which mm -hmm. is very different than where I think it should go or where it could be you know, five or 10 times bigger than where it is today. I don't think that you're going to be able to grow the base in a fleeting lifestyle um, like they've tried to do lately. Let's talk about that for a second, because you have in our space or the fitness industry, your two cornerstones were the Olympian September and coming up, we have the Arnold in Columbus. Now we've been to both. And I am more impressed with the expo at, in Columbus at the Arnold than I am at the Olympia. With that said, the, the, the category of brands that exhibit at the Arnold is not different than the Olympia. I mean, it's, it's the same thing, but there's quite a bit more, and it's actually a fucking fire hazard, I mean, in that place. It is ridiculous. But what the Arnold does have that makes it, I think, more tractable to at least consumers, and I think the number is, like, there are more consumers that go to the Arnold Classic, the Arnold Expo, than, than Vegas. I think we've talked about this before. Maybe I'm wrong. But, I mean, they have... Strongman, they have bodybuilding, they have fencing, they have gymnastics, like they have a plethora of health and wellness type of events there, which draw participants, their families, their friends who ultimately end up coming through the expo, which I think then draws brands to be like, okay, well, there's more foot traffic here. So I can justify maybe a little bit better in terms of, of spending money at the Arnold. But the thing is that, it, that it's still missing those brands in which that you are looking to see at these these events like there's no reason fitbit's not at these events there's no reason that garmin there's no reason that nike under armor adidas these these companies are there like you have 
niche brands. You have uh, you you have Gasp, you know, for clothing brands. You have Gymshark, like straight fitness oriented brands. Why is Lululemon not there? I can tell you what's yeah. gonna I can tell you what's gonna happen though at the Athleticon in Atlanta. I guarantee Lululemon's gonna be there. I, I mean, I'm making that statement now because they're having an entire thing on yoga. Even though yeah. Lululemon is not strictly yoga anymore, they have dress pants and it's more of a lifestyle. Hate that term, but brand for anybody, men and women. But I can't imagine that Athleticon is going to have a, a, an exhibit hall full of hardcore sports nutrition brands. I've got to imagine there's going to be other brands, especially, I mean, Under Armour is going to be there, 100%, right? Like, yeah. The Rock is going to make them be there. But you would think that it's going to attract other, other people because they are marketing Athleticon, and Josh was nice enough to share the deck with me. It's a great deck. It's pretty, very pretty. Yeah, I think that they're, they might be overpromising quite a bit. <laughs> um, but, hey, if anybody can pull it off, The Rock and Danny Garcia will – you know, obviously stop at no means to make it happen, but they, it's fitness, it's wellness, it's entertainment. Like they have some pretty big artists that are going to play there. They have, uh, I mean, they have like literally everything like mind, body, spirit. Like it's, it's more what you're talking about, more of this all encompassing celebration of fitness and a healthy lifestyle that I'm super, super excited to attend and, and, and see how it does this year. I think the last time we talked about Athleticon, there was really no details other than they put out a press release that said, you know, he's going to do this. So for you and I at the time, we didn't really have any chance to really discuss some of the details. And then up until very recently, there was very little um, details at all that we could um, view or, or anything like that. And then, you know, a couple weeks ago, I got sent over a deck um, that was going to be presented to brands and, and a lot of different um, leaders within the, uh, the spaces. Um, and I started to kind of see what the vision was of Athleticon. And to your point, it's, you know, I think they're saying it's athletics, wellness, and entertainment. And if, you know, the details start to come out more um, to the public and everything, and, and people get to see, to Ryan's point, like there's a ton of like, I, I call them kind of shiny carrots. There's a lot of like, mm. as a brand, if you're looking at it, you're like, wow, you're impressed like to the extreme because of how much opportunity could be out there. Now, right. being that this is year one, you got to kind of think about, you know, what's the execution? Is this a, a big grand vision that over the next couple of years is going to kind of come true? And maybe year one is going to be just kind of a ramp up. My biggest concern about all this is like, who's, Who's bankrolling this in the sense like the the vision that they have laid out, it's very much a it's going to be a loss in the first probably couple of years until they can garner uh, the proper uh, value for like the sponsorships and, and the booth placements and all the different things. But um, I would assume that, you know, somebody like Endeavor, which is a, a massive kind of like media and entertainment uh, representation company, they, you know, they bought the UFC, they have uh, WME, IMG, like so they they do all this uh, celebrity. So they're they're basically the you know help the Rock get his his uh, placements and different things. Right. Um, they also have all the athlete um, contracts and, and things of that nature with agents. So like they have access to properties and and things that the Olympia does not anymore, especially not being attached to um, AMI. Which mm -hmm. on my angle, it's kind of uh, that was the first thing I thought was like, okay, how do you play fire against fire now because you don't have any access to that media conglomerate and have the access to people um, that way anymore. So, um, you know, it's going to be, it, it's starting to turn into at least where the Olympia is today 
and where the Athleticon is is positioning itself, it's quite honestly like two different, completely two different events. Right. Two different events, and then and still to that. I mean, here's the biggest thing, right? The Olympia cornerstone is the Mister Olympia, which I mean. They say Mr. Olympia even, right? Like, I mean, but Athleticon has uh, a bodybuilding show as well, and they're having um, an amazing championship with a good payout. Like, they're also making bodybuilding not a star. I wouldn't say it's even the star of the weekend, but they're they're including it. Um, and I think that's the biggest difference. The Olympia, the star is hardcore bodybuilders. I mean, these dudes and women who are, you know, th- those bodies are not attainable for the average person. But Athleticon is going to have people there where the bodies are attainable from people like us, like normal people, without having to um, do things that we don't want to do, right? I mean, yeah. or that, that some people don't want to do. Now, um, Atlanta is a, it's a great city. I think it, they picked a decent city. From what I've looked at in terms of where they're hosting it, it looks great. Um, and I think there are going to be a lot of brands within our space and even outside the space who want to get caught up in the excitement. And I think that they'll probably be like, you know what? It's the first year, but at the end of the day, like the rocks, the rock, he's going to tell this shit on his social media channel over and over again. They have the partners there. Like I'm willing to put up the money to be there. Now I don't even know. And you might be privy to this information, Josh, like the cost on what it's going to be for brands to exhibit at this thing. Like we know the cost at the Olympia. Traditionally it's been fucking insane because you also had to essentially buy, you know, media placement in some of the in publications and then dropping in electricity from the ceiling and everything else and up being just a ton of money. I don't know. Do you are you privy to information on terms of what the cost is gonna be to brands in Atlanta? Yeah, I mean I think you're one um there it's comparable. I think a lot of the issue with um, at least the Olympia, a, a few years back, they um, kind of put in this rule where you had to also take out some um, advertising in the uh, Muscle and Fitness or a Flex magazine type mm-hmm. of a situation. Um, that quickly went away. Um, that's no longer in existence. So for yeah. people that are still kind of perpetuating that, that's not really true. It's it's actually gone. But the, um, the, the other stuff that people are kind of complaining about around like the labor organizations and, and things like that, like I don't know how many expos I, I've done expos in like multiple different countries and in, in tons of different cities. That is the the harder the kind of the region is on labor unions and, and things of that nature, the higher and, and the stronger those people are um, in the uh, convention hall. So like if you want to hand walk something in and, and you want to try to cart something and you have to pay uh, a forklift person to kind of do things, there's, a, there's all these kind of crazy rules you got to right. pay you know, a couple hundred dollars for, for a piece of carpet that they probably bought for five bucks. And, and but that's just, unfortunately, <laughs> like the, the costs of, of doing an expo, like those are not dictated by the people that are running um, the show, like AMI or, or now, you know, wings of strength or the rock or whatever. These is, this is something that is put on by either like Freeman or a couple other organizations that are like the labor unions that have the contracts with the convention halls that, that, bid on those through the cities. So, um, that's a little bit kind of outside. I I don't know Atlanta's rules about that. I've never done one in Atlanta myself, so I don't know how lax or how kind of crazy they are. Um, usually it's closer to like the East, uh, Northeast side, you get some like crazy ones. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think that it should be comparable costs. I think that the excitement level, I think, is going to be what gets most people, um, regardless of what the cost is. You have just a varying amount of people that will probably come in the door. Um, I, I Looking through the deck, you have like the UFC fan experience, which yeah, used to be cool. a huge thing. It used to be its own expo that used to be in the Las Vegas Convention Center. I think they also used to do it in other cities over the years. But like when it first started, it was only in Vegas, and that used to sell out 
the Vegas Convention uh, Center by itself back. This is probably ten years, mm-hmm. ten years ago. Um, then you have like a the three on three, the one cool. with Ice Cube, the basketball tournament they're going to have there. So you're going to have you know top level probably uh, NBA people, which is a big draw in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You got a CrossFit competition again, a different type of fitness. So you know it's going to bring in a different type of person. You got the strongman, um, and like you said, I mean like throughout the weekend they're going to constantly host like running events they're gonna run like yoga events uh, group fitness classes they're actually gonna do like a whole um educational summit like around like how to um you know be better as a fitness professional how to promote your business better how to be an entertainment star how to be you know probably a sports nutrition brand whatever I, i i don't think they've gotten into the programming on that but it's kind of touting a bunch of different things so they're hitting on all different angles right. here with this which is like i said i mean reading it i'm like this really put together very well this is great i mean execution where it comes down to you know what i mean but it's yeah. uh for me like just looking at it and if you took it for face value and you took the rock on his word um even though they're my ideas um <laughs> they you know it sounds like a good event <laughs> Not to mention the one thing that you left out was like nightly they have events like gatherings like yeah. parties. I mean, I mean it's Atlanta. So in Vegas, when the night's over, um, a bunch of people within our space go to the hotel bar at the Renaissance and they sit there and they they hang out with each other or they go to the strip or whatever. Like yeah. they're coordinating events every night of AthleticCon with live music and and different things to celebrate fitness and celebrate health that the fans get to come to. That it's not just insiders within the space. Uh, which which I think is kind of cool. So for people playing a weekend in Atlanta, maybe they're going to get a weekend pass, they're going to be able to partake in educational seminars, group classes, see a CrossFit event from CrossFit, go to the exact opposite of the spectrum and see bodybuilding. I mean, and then at night, hang out with, I don't even know some of the artists that are going to be there. I'm sure they're big time artists. I thought I read them. But I mean, and then and, and celebrate that way. So it's more... To me, I look at Athletic and I say, okay, this is an entertainment experience for somebody. Like, this is somebody that's going to be able to absorb this like they would, um, like, a music festival over a weekend. Like, it, it's people who love fitness that are going to be able to be entrenched and embedded in that culture for a weekend surrounded by like-minded individuals, like you said, versus the Olympia. I don't know, man. And even the Arnold. You walk through that, and uh, it, it, it's a bro fest, you know? I mean, there are females there for sure, but dudes walking around in stringer tanks, you can smell the sweat from miles away. I mean, it's just, it's very, it's almost, it would be a turnoff to any, to a yogi or somebody who, who who participates in CrossFit even. Like, I mean, that's just not a place I don't think that they'd want to be. Like, sure, maybe a hardcore CrossFit would be like, it'd be cool I use some of these sports nutrition brands, but they probably have no interest in the bodybuilding show at all. Um, and that's all they have. I mean, they have bodybuilding. And the Arnold, again, now you have a little bit different crowd at the Arnold, but again, like, even the Arnold to me, Primarily is it's a it's a bro fest. I mean it's a big. Um, I mean you have, you know, people looking at the strongman stuff, which is great. I love it. I love strongman. I think it's super impressive, but it's not bringing in the average fitness guru. It's still, it's still like niche hardcore. I mean even the people that participate in the karate and the fencing and everything else at the Arnold. They're not the ones who are primarily walking through that expo. And, and the fencing takes place inside conference rooms that nobody attends except for family members for the most part, you know, or unless Arnold's in there shooting something for Snapchat, it's pretty dead. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, like, what Athleticon does to celebrate each of these, these niches. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how involved 
The Rock will be because for those that are unaware, The Rock used to be involved with AMI and used to be involved with the Olympia. He was there for three years, I think it was. Seven Bucks Production, his company, did a whole behind-the-scenes thing leading up to the Olympia. I have no idea what happened there. I'm, I'm going to ask Dan about that when I speak to him because that was a great person to attach to your brand, at least to try to draw and help, and he was gone. And I don't know what happened there, but then The Rock obviously was able to absorb probably some of that information through his experience and his Seven Bucks Production team and said, hey, we can do this, but we can do it better. And I have, I, that's what I fully anticipate them trying to do, whether or not, to your point, Josh, if they can execute that as another, another story. But so far, I mean, they're doing the, the things seems correctly, like very nice professional deck. They have short spots on Instagram and social media promoting the event, and, and it's making it look really cool. I think it's going to – and then I think, like I said, I think they're going to draw brands like Under Armour, Fitbit, Lululemon, some of these more brands who are – you know, in the fitness space per se, but also have a larger audience, which I think is exactly what we need. Yeah. I guess uh, I want to ask kind of a hypothetical question here to you. Um, say Athleticon, you know, in year three, they, they actually, you know, execute on what they're, they're saying. Would you then um, change up the approach with the Olympia? Like, does it make sense to try to compete one-to-one with mm-hmm. Athleticon or does it better to go deep into the subculture of bodybuilding and just, you know, put it into a smaller venue, um, kind of create more of an intimate event that's right. very much specialized towards one thing. I, I guess that's where my mind is kind of going because um, I, I don't know if you want to fight fire with fire or do you just kind of reposition yourself into something different? Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, honestly, like, would you want to copy them and try to do something? And then especially in Vegas, like if you're going to be, if you want to be the granddaddy of them all in bodybuilding. You want to be the Super Bowl of bodybuilding, then double down on that and be the Super Bowl of bodybuilding, but then make it more of a destinational experience. I think, like I've, I mentioned this on social media, I think they should go back to traveling. I think that the Olympia should move each year to different cities. Now, logistically, that's a nightmare. That's a lot. That's, that's years out. I get it. But they used to be in Chicago and New York and Sydney and, and London, and they used to go to these places um, when it was more of like an underground taboo sport, if you will. But bodybuilding is, is pretty popular now. I mean, Generation Iron has three documentaries on Netflix, and there are a ton of different things that, that cover it. But like, not everybody, even though Vegas is super cool and super easy to get to, it's nice in September. Uh, it's September. It's warm everywhere in America. It's warm other places. Like You could, you could have the Olympia in New York City again, in Chicago, some of these bigger cities. Make it more of an experience as well, but a bodybuilding experience because, like, you can only do so much in Vegas. And the fans come to the convention center, and then they, the strip kind of encompasses you and takes you a little bit away from, from maybe what that weekend's supposed to be. And I don't think there's been a lot at the expo to really kind of you know, entrench the consumers that get there. You walk through that expo pretty quickly um, with, your, with your gift bag, and you're like, okay, now what? I mean, they don't have anything else to do. So um, I think, you know, if you really want to be the championship of bodybuilding – have the people that run Jake Wood and his team go to the, go to the Super Bowl weekend, go to go to um, you know an NBA Finals game or something where it's and see the type of experiences that fans have at those places and try to bring that into what you're doing because we had the Super Bowl in Minneapolis here a year ago and for a full week leading up to the Super Bowl there was events there was activities that people could participate in they they had a whole street of things that were just NFL related you could celebrate the history of bodybuilding you could do. You could do um, more amateur events. I mean, there's a lot of different things you could do to really make it more about the experience um, and make that leading up to the actual show a bigger deal. And part of that, too, is like what the NFL has is, you know, they obviously have the media that they can build the Super Bowl 
17 weeks of the year. Like, that's what they're doing. Bodybuilding doesn't necessarily have that, but they could have a, a, de- a designated digital media channel. They have the assets to still do it. I mean, there, there's got to be a way. I mean, some of these participants in bodybuilding, too, they're quiet people. They're not characters. I think that I think the sport needs yeah. characters, too. I think you need personality to help draw um, eyes to the to the sport because if everybody is going to stay off social media or cover up and not you know, it's not Ronnie and Jay anymore. So if we're talking bodybuilding, quite frankly, it's fucking boring. I mean, and that's coming from me. Like I look at the open series of bodybuilding, which is supposed to be the ultimate draw at this event, and nobody really entertains me. I mean, nobody really captures my attention span the way Phil and Kai did. You know, when they had Phil and Kai at the at the top, people wanted to see that. It was a rivalry. Nobody, there's there's not that now. I mean. Last year, you, you didn't have Sean Roden defending his title because of everything happening in the legal system. Um, so that was kind of like whatever. But, I mean, those who appreciate bodybuilding, it's, it's, it's great. But you need to even draw – got to figure out a way to draw others into that funnel. Maybe they, maybe they bodybuild, but now they want to see a little bit of drama. I mean, you could take a card from UFC, a card from WWE, whatever it might be. But, again, I don't think you fight fire with fire. I think you double down on what you're, what you're about. You make it the best damn bodybuilding show in the world, but you make it more of an experience and you allow fans to partake in that experience more so than just having them walk through a fucking expo and say, that's your experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I hadn't really thought about it other than that question. Um, And I wanted to kind of pose it to you because I know that you're obviously uh, much more entrenched in the bodybuilding world and the sport of bodybuilding. You're, you're, you know, getting ready for one yourself right now. So it's, you have a lot more passion towards that um, particular aspect of it. You know, my kind of original vision is, is very much more aligned towards Athleticon. Um, not to say that you can't create something that is unique um, experience from it, um, but knowing what they're doing, it's kind of, you know, you're going to have to position it to be a little bit unique from that. Um, and, you know, the going to the other cities, um, you know, it has a draw to it, but I think the the Vegas aspect of it is kind of it's good and bad. It's 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 one of those cities that people want to go to. You know what I mean? International people yeah. want to go to. Um, I don't know how many international people from Dubai or you know uh, Russia or something like that have Atlanta circled on their map and say this is the city we want to go to. Even though right. I, I like Atlanta, I've been there multiple times. It's actually a a fairly interesting hub for our space of like manufacturers and things in that space. So there's a lot of activity in that area, but it's, um, for me, it's not, it's not Vegas. Right. You know what I mean? It's not like, I mean, it doesn't matter what country you're from. You circle Vegas as one of the cities you want to go to in America to check out. Um, so I think that that has a big pool, um, to draw a more international crowd. Um, but I don't know, it has to be a little bit different now because of the new offering. And, and we're obviously just like, assuming that it's going to work out, you know, like right. this could wash out in two years because something else happens, you know, there's a breakup, there's bad blood, there's something going on with the rock, you know, you never know that things could happen where it just changes a tune. Right. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to kind of pose that question because I think it's, it's an interesting thing to think about now in the current environment, now that we know more about Athleticon than we did, you know, a, almost a year ago when we talked about this. Right. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, it, it's right around the corner. I mean, like I said, we have Arnold here in the car and not, you know, we don't want to discredit the Arnold at all. I mean, we didn't spend time talking with the Arnold, but really like you think of bodybuilding, it, it's been the Olympia, the sale of the Olympias in the news. We've obviously been privy to more information on athletic con. So that's really what the podcast was about. Um, I can't wait to go to the Arnold in two weeks. Like I'm excited to go. I'm excited to see Josh get off the flight at four in the morning from Los Angeles, tired of shit, ready to walk through the expo. And <laughs> hopefully I, you know, nothing would please me more, Josh, than you, 
looking at me across the Expo Center uh, at the Arnold, and you're like, oh, hey, there's Ryan. And you raise your hand, and a bunch of Arnold's cronies just knock you the fuck over. And then you just sleep. <laughs> you just fall asleep because you're so tired <laughs> from all just the travel. Just me. I'm just <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> if you guys if like anybody, what you... <laughs> I want to – seriously – if anybody catches that on video, please send me it because yeah. it would be, be the it would probably be the most viral video. Those those bros think they are the baddest the baddest motherfuckers on the planet. They don't have to say excuse me; they just shove you out of the way. So, um, if you guys like what you heard here on the podcast, hit that subscribe button, iTunes, Spotify, watch via YouTube. You can follow us on social media. Two guys, one shaker cup at Jay Shaw Consulting at Fitness Informant. Uh, until next week, we appreciate you tuning in. And again, if you have any comments or any any um, you know want to engage with us on this conversation, we'd love to hear more. Especially if you're a fan. If what do you want to see at these events? Like, what would engage you more? That what would entice you to actually get off and go to you know Delta or Sun Country or United, whatever? Book a flight to Vegas and come to the Olympia because it is asking a lot to do. And if there's you know, again, Vegas is Vegas. It's cool as hell. It's fun. Um, but at some point, you get old as fuck like Josh, and it's not as cool anymore. So you just want to like get an Airbnb and chill with a bottle of wine and watch TV <laughs> at ten o'clock news. So appreciate y'all. Podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Podcast, and more. Follow us along on our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Two Guys, One Cup, Instagram, and Twitter.